0: You're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast, your number one source for hunting and shooting in the great outdoors. Sit back and relax as we interview some of the most experienced outdoorsmen in the industry today. You will learn valuable tips and tricks that you can use on your next hunting trip into the field to make you a more successful hunter. Now here's your host, Jason Selms. Welcome back to the Australian Hunting Podcast, I'm your host Jason Selms and this is Episode 6, I Like Guns with Steve Lee. Steve Lee is known for his popular family band, The Lees, but Steve hit major success with his solo self-titled album, I Like Guns, an album dedicated to Steve's passion, Guns, which also spawned the massive YouTube video sensation of the same name. I Like Guns to date has over 3,200,000 views on YouTube, and has turned out to be a cult classic across the world. In the interview with Steve Lee, we talk about everything from hunting, shooting, gun politics, and gun laws in Australia. And we even have a few laughs in between. Steve also talks about teaming up with Bill Chambers again for his new album, which will be released at the end of 2011. Before we get into my interview with Steve Lee, I'd also like to let you guys know again that we are on Facebook. So you can jump on the Facebook page, like the page, post up photos or videos. You can also post up questions of our upcoming guests. And you can also, if you want, guys, let us know who you'd actually like to get on the podcast. Um, It's always great to, uh, you know, hear from people that things that I don't think about and people that I don't think about to interview. So it'd be great if you want someone uh, to be uh, interviewed by me on the podcast, certainly jump on the Facebook page, list it there, and I'll try and get in contact with them and hopefully uh, get them on the podcast. Again, guys, don't forget, we're on iTunes as well, so you can jump on iTunes, uh, go to the podcast page, subscribe to the podcast, and you'll get automatic updates, which uh, will uh, the automatic feeds will get downloaded straight to your computer so when a new episode's available. Also, guys, I'd really appreciate when you jump on the podcast for iTunes, rate the podcast, leave a comment and feedback on there. That gets us more visibility, gets people knowing what we're about uh, for hunting and shooting in Australia. So i really appreciate that. Also, too, guys, don't forget we are on Twitter. For any updates on Twitter, you can uh, subscribe to us at AHpodcast. So jump on the Twitter page and subscribe there. Uh, also, too, guys, if you want to get in contact with me, you can email us at Australian Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, all correspondents can go through that email. Also, too, guys, we are looking for any sponsors that may be able to give away products to some of our listeners for the ones that we answer questions for. So if anyone will be able to help out, uh, please do so. Send us, send me through an email and uh, let us know what you can do. And uh, it's always greatly appreciating. Um, we're getting a lot of people listening to the podcast, which is absolutely fantastic. And it's really starting to take off, guys. So I know a lot of the content we're putting up you know, is really hitting home with people and uh, i'm really enjoying it and uh, if anyone could help out that's always appreciated so without further ado let's get into my interview with steve lee
1: hi this is robert borsak from the shooters and fishers party and you're listening to the australian hunting podcast steve lee welcome to the australian hunting podcast thanks for coming on really appreciate it
2: no worries, Chase. I'm just uh, happy to be on it. It's great.
1: Ah, fantastic. So, mate, tell us about uh, how did you get into, uh, you know, hunting and shooting? And you know, Was it a bit of a family tradition?
2: Uh, it was a bit of a tradition. My dad, um, he was a minister of a church for most of my life, so that was sort of part of our tradition as well. I brought up in the church and everything, but he, as a kid, the movie Mad Max 2 was filmed out there, that big arid sort of country out there. But... um. When I moved out there, there wasn't a lot to do, like in a mining town, so one thing I sort of did as a kid was a fair bit of shooting, and um, back when I was a kid, um, like most kids at school, had slug guns and everything, so everyone was sort of, it was sort of just part of their life back then was a pretty important part, and so I sort of got into shooting as a kid uh, with my mates, shooting slug guns and everything, and um, just going out with my brothers and my dad shooting uh, mainly uh, rabbits and foxes.
1: All right, so Steve, I uh, hear these days you're a bit of man of leisure, so give us a rundown. What's a day like in the life of uh, Steve Lee lately?
2: Well, that's why my mates like to call me a man of leisure. I, so, I do work. I, um, <laughs> I, uh, I I have a few different businesses out here um, at parks that I run myself. I've got a paintball field, so uh, a typical day would probably be going out maintaining stuff on the paintball field, and, um, and the field's pretty cool because I've got like 300 acres, so I do. A, a bit of shooting out there. Most most days I'd go out and have a shot. I'd take one of my guns out pick a gun out of the safe and go out and have a bit of a shot. Um, go out and stuff around with my cattle uh, do a few fences or something. So I'm a, just a bit of a part time sort of farmer as well. Other than that I um, one thing I love, one of my other jobs that I do is pyrotechnician. So there comes a season, um, especially out here west, where the uh, the show circuit comes, and I do a lot of the, show, uh, the fireworks for the shows, so I have a fair bit to do with those, but all through the year at different times, every probably second weekend I'll be doing a uh, fireworks show somewhere, and if I can't find someone to pay me to do it, I'll come up with an excuse to do one myself anyway, so I'll uh, just love blowing stuff up. And, and so uh, that's, that's another one of my jobs, and um, people do consider me a man of leisure for the jobs I have, so that's one of my jobs. The other job is... Um, um, paintball field, and the other thing I do, of course, is music. And um, this year's probably been a little bit less with the leads on with the uh, band, in, um, me and my wife and four kids have been in the band for years, but they're all sort of growing up now and getting married and different stuff's happening there, although we have been doing a few gigs lately. But um, generally these days, it's a lot, a lot of my time spent on my um, my other sort of musical career with the old, Like Guns project, so a lot of that's to do with just uh, promoting the um the DVD or the CDs and um, basically doing whatever I want. So I travel a lot too. So because I also sell fireworks. So I travel around selling fireworks and um, I don't know, I just travel the country and just find opportunity to go shooting. I, I hunt a fair bit. Like I'd, I'd go probably hunting uh, every couple of weeks, probably two or three weeks. I'd go somewhere. Probably on a major hunt every three, three to four weeks, I'd say. So yeah, that's, that's consistent with my general life, And uh, my wife's, I've got a really cool wife. She sort of either comes with me or, um, just puts up with my erratic lifestyle, but it's been great there. Yeah.
1: Half your luck, man. That sounds like a real rough life you got there, man.
2: It's tough, mate. Yeah, but someone's <laughs> got to do it. So it might as well be me.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so, getting into the question, you were talking about the Lees. How did you? How, how was the band formed, and uh, what was your motivation to do so?
2: I um. Well, the Lees is our family band, so it's me, my wife, and four kids. But we originally began uh, back in '90 something. '90. Oh, it might be '90. I don't know, maybe in 94. I don't know, it was about 15 years ago. We saw them playing at a concert in Broken Hill and um, me and Tracy were just in the audience watching them and I just turned to Tracy as we're watching this band said, why don't we do that for a living? She said, yeah, all right. So within a couple of years, I think, so 99 was the first year we were around Australia, so that must have been around 96. So within three years, we did our first tour around Australia as a as a, as a family band and our youngest member then was Savannah, who was five, and our oldest member was... I mean Tracy, but our oldest child was Rachel, who was 12. So we toured around doing pubs and clubs all around Australia. We started in Broken Hill, went to Tamworth, and went up right off through North, uh, uh, Queensland, out back Queensland, up to uh, the Gulf of Carpentaria, went like right through Arnhem Land into uh, the Northern Territory. And uh, we sort of got into music more or less that way. But even at that st- that time, I um, took all my weapons with me down my firearms and we. Um, Sort of toured around Australia and we hunted and shot as well. So that, that first year we went buffalo shooting in into Arnhem Land, Northern Territory, and um, like I shot donkeys up in the territory and uh, shot plenty of pigs and everything. It, but it was like it was a really really good trip. So it really broadened my mind on travelling. And um, and then we did that again in 2001 and again in 2003. And then by 2004 we were sort of travelling outside the country with the band as well. And uh, But that was the, those first three years, 1999, 2001, 2003, were like full years. We were on the road for a full year, caravan, a couple of cars, and, but it was great. That's, that's basically how we got into music and how we sort of did it.
1: Yeah, so tell us you know, about your uh, album, I Like Guns. I mean, how did you come up with that idea, I guess, to make an album that was, uh, had a lot of references to guns?
2: I wrote the song, I Like Guns, years ago, like, when, when uh, like in '96 when the laws sort of got real tight. Um, I started thinking about, it I thought, that must have been in 2000, around 2000, I was at camp and out around Broken Hill, I think it was Station, we were just sitting around a fire one night and um, I started, I added a couple more verses, started singing it around and, and people really liked it and I thought, oh, yeah, as much as this is not, people aren't really sort of into guns at this time, cause after that, those laws came out, it was sort of unfashionable a bit and so I, I sort of sang it a bit, but I'd sing it in, in particular circles and... Um, but after a while, I always thought to myself, this would be a great song to put in an album. So when I made the album, which was um, a couple of years ago now, the the main reason I made the album was really built around that one song. And so all the other songs, because I didn't want to release just the song, I thought, well, I might as well just do an album. And it was more or, less, more or less something I did for myself, more than like trying to promote it or sell it. And I didn't expect to have the sort of success that I did. It was something I always thought. And I, I looked on the internet and couldn't find any sort of gun albums in the world. There was one written by a guy called Marty Robbins back in the 50s, but that was called Gunslinging Ballads by Marty, Marty Robbins. And that was more, more or less about uh, gunslingers more than guns themselves. We rang Bill Chambers and said, Bill, I've got this idea for an album. And he, he, he was a little bit dubious at first. He said, oh, I don't know, sir, it doesn't sound like a great idea, you know. But if you want to do it, I'll do it for you for sure. Then after we sort of got into the album, he said, no, I, I get where you're coming from with this, and this is really cool. So we just sat down, collected some songs that had already been written about guns, uh, and uh, put them on the album. Then we still had a few spaces. There wasn't enough, we couldn't find enough songs that I felt appropriate for the album. So then me and Bill sat down and wrote a few as well and um, just came up with the whole concept for the album.
1: So, Steve, you teamed up with uh, Bill Chambers for our I Like Guns. Did it turn out as you had, say, envisioned, or did it far outweigh your expectations about how far it took off?
2: Uh, when I started putting the album together, I um, started talking to people that I knew who were into guns and everything. I said, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. And I was singing a few of the songs I had written around the place. And um, it sort of took a little while to take off too because I think I brought it out in about October and it didn't really take off till... Oh, it must have been way before that actually because I made the album and then I made the video clip and then the video clip sort of took off and i put it on YouTube in January. So it sort of took a while to kickstart the whole idea of the album. And um, I then after around once I'd, I'd made the album. I I um, talked to uh, Naya, I rang Robert um, Naya and I spoke to him about the idea of, like, getting the the album into gun shops. And he was pretty cool, the idea, and I thought the Shooters Party, and they really liked the idea. So I started to get a bit of support and thought, there must be some merit in this, this might might go somewhere. So as time sort of went along, I started to realise more and more that it had a bit of potential. And um, even when I was making the album, I sort of, I thought more so then. And Bill said to me, he said, look, no one's done this. You can find a niche audience. You you might do really well. And so when I made it, I, I sort of envisioned a bit of success with it, but not, I didn't know how, how much I would have or how far it would go, but, um, look, I'm definitely happy with how successful it's been and, um, like I don't look back and say I wish it'd be more successful or I thought it could have been more, I'm just really happy with the way it's gone and, and the doors it's open for me, like, even outside of music, like just, contacts I've got with, um, with hunting that, that, things I've been to with America. I've like been to America four times. I've got invites all around the world if I want to go. It's sort of opened a whole lot of doors that would never have been open to me before. And it's also renewed my passion for guns. I mean, I'm sort of known as the old like guns guy. And, and within that, I've sort of taken upon myself to sort of, um, I suppose I, because I'm in the industry so much now, I just, I just love guns more and more all the time. And so I'm, I'm buying more guns. And I've, so it's sort of really just, Got me back into it in a bigger way as well. I mean, I was always into it, but I think your question was, did I perceive the success to be as good as it was? I didn't really see it coming, I suppose, but I'm pretty happy with where it went, for sure.
1: No, exactly. As I said, I think I was telling you last week. It's probably not a you know at least a week or two that goes by that I don't play the song in the car, or you know, if I'm looking for you know if if I, if I'm not hunting, you know what I mean? I want to you know I always love going on YouTube looking at hunting videos and it sort of you know gets you through the off season, so to speak. But um, I mean, speaking about the the, the Another YouTube video for I Like Guns. I mean, how did you come up with the idea? Uh, I mean, it's been a huge success. I think I checked this morning. It's three 3,180,000 or 179,000. It's, it's just gone crazy. Yeah. So what made you want to go over? I think you went to Vietnam, if I'm if I'm not mistaken.
2: Well, I actually went to Cambodia. Um, yeah, I went over to Cambodia through the clip. And... Um, <clears throat> I'd i been there before with a mate. I went there years ago, just before Cambodia really exploded with tourism. I mean, it's been going for years, but I forget what year it was, but probably 10 years ago now, me and a mate of mine, Shane Gallat, who's an artist, we went over. He invited me over there, and me, Tracy, and him and his wife went over to the um, um, Angkor Wat and all the temples. And um, we're just looking through some brochures somewhere and come across this this shooting range. And he goes, oh, I think there's a pretty cool shooting range. Let's go there. So I went there, and... It just blew my mind. It, was, it just was one of the best things I've seen, you know, and, and it was so raw, you know, there was just so many angles at the thing that would just, it looked sort of dangerous, but it was still well run and, and sort of safe, but the weapons were sort of worn and tied and everything, but I just loved the whole range, just the rawness of it, you know, just how, how they had it set up, and it, was, it wasn't that touristy. I mean, it was still a tourist thing, but it was just something really cool about it. So I went down, came back with all the photos, showed my son, Showed my wife, um, so my other kids, and then when my son um turned 18, he wanted to go somewhere for his 18th. So he said, "Can I go to Cambodia? We'll go to the shooting range." And that's I think that was the time I shot my first RPG there, and uh, threw a couple of hand grenades, and all the kids threw a hand grenade each, and it was pretty funny because not seven who must have been, must have been 12 then, just watching her, chuck a hand grenade across the paddock and blow up in a big pond of water was pretty funny. Probably, probably I don't know. Probably, people probably think I'm a bit responsible as a parent, but it was pretty cool anyway. And <laughs> you know, watching me kids shoot AKs and um, M16s and stuff was really good. And my wife thought so it was great. So, But you know, when I was there the second time, even the first time, because I'd already written a song both those times, and I just looked at the range and thought, if I ever was going to do a video clip, this would be the place for that, for that song I Like Guns. And so I sort of envisioned it in my mind. And even when I was um, producing the music for it, I sort of, in my mind, I could see what I wanted to do at the at the Cambodian range. So I had this whole... I was sort of producing the video clip in my mind. And um, so what I did with um, when Bill was doing the, the recording of it, um, there were two sections of the song where there's two lead breaks, and, but, but what actually happened to that was um, Bill forgot to put one of the um, vocal choruses in, and he, he couldn't find it because we did it twice or something, and and so he, there was only three choruses, but it was sort of supposed to be four, uh, three verses, sorry, it was supposed to be four, but he ended up putting two lead breaks in. So when it... Sort of came together. I rang him and said, so "Oh, you missed a verse." But then I listened to it a couple of times and thought, "Well, hang on, I can do a lead break here in Australia, and I could do this uh, uh, a shoot in, in Australia with the first lead break and a really cool one in the in the um, the second part." And it sort of just tied really well together. So it was sort of like it was meant to be. So um, so that 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 part having the two two different shooting experiences in the song weren't really supposed to be there, but there's two lead breaks and the second lead break's more more intense too. So it sort of builds up with the stuff you're allowed to have in Australia, and then it goes to this. Cambodian range where it's just over the top. And um, so I just saw it in my mind and then when I went there, it was just a bit of a fluke to get it all to happen for me because I didn't um, I didn't know what was going to happen when I put it. You can't email these guys, you can't ring them. Years later, the second time I went the film crew, I've already spent all the money to get the film crew there, got a whole lot of guys with me. And I'm just hoping they're going to let me buy a car. I've got to find someone to help me buy a car because I wanted to take a car. They didn't even know whether they were going to let me shoot a car. So I just hoped, I bought the car before I even went to the range. The guy who I bought the car drove with me to the range, dumped the car, then I walked inside and said to the guy, "I, oh, do you think I could possibly shoot this car today? And he goes, yeah, no problem. I go, oh, I'll shoot it with like a full <laughs> oh, auto machine gun. Lie. And he goes, he goes, he goes yeah, yeah, no problem. I go, I can shoot it with a full auto. He goes, yeah, no problem. And I sent this M79 on the wall. I said, you reckon I could shoot it with that? And he goes, yeah, no problem. I go, really? Can you no problem? I go, you reckon I could fire an RPG at it? He goes, I asked the boss, and he goes over and asks the general, and the general comes back and goes, yeah, no problem. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me.
1: All right. So it all
2: sort of fell into place, and then we just went to the range, drove it to the range, I drove it there to the range. And, um, and I went back the next day, because I didn't get, I thought there wasn't a really cool shot at the end where the car blew up or, or burned to the ground or anything. And then the next day when I went back, I only had enough money for one more RPG because I like three hundred and fifty bucks a shot, and I think we did twelve. So I went back the next day and shot another one, and wow. it, it was just—it's just the perfect shot. I went right in the back back of back of the car where the door was missing. Went in there, hit the seat, caught the seat on fire, and just the whole thing just burned to the ground. So it was just a great experience to have it have it happen. And I've got and I do have a DVD called The Making of All Our Guns too, which when we came back, I wasn't going to make it or anything, but we had all this footage, and I just said. Uh, um, the producer who who made the clip said, "You know, there's a whole whole section in there. I reckon we could sit down and actually tell the story of how this happened. It was such a cool thing, and um, that sort of gives the whole rundown of the whole trip. And it's it's just cool. Yeah, it's, it was really good. It was a great experience.
1: Oh, I can imagine $350 a pop for the RPG. Wow. I mean, <laughs> I think you give
2: me a discount. Actually, even though they were $350, I think he said I could have them for 300. So <laughs> oh, we, we are shooting 12, I think." Yeah, bargain, mate.
1: <laughs> All right, so tell I me, mean, obviously, we've just pretty much answered the next question. So what were some of the firearms, obviously, you'd use in the video clip, but what were some of your favourites? Obviously, the RPG probably would have been a favourite of mine, no doubt.
2: Well, it was, I mean, the RPG was great, but the one thing that I always wanted to do, and there's, there's one particular part of the clip where I'm shooting this M60. Now, that, that vision of that, that M60 comes right at the, the start of the second um, lead break. And I went back the second day to get that shot because I'd already saw that shot in my mind before I even left Australia. I thought, what I want to do is I want to be, be Rambo from first blood right at the start of the, <laughs> uh, the film clip when he's got that M60 shooting it from his hip. And you'll see there's a, a brick wall next to me as well because they wouldn't actually let me take that gun out into the field where the car was. they only let me shoot it back there at the range. And the time, I'd never shot the M60 before that time because it was never working. And this particular time when I walked out, I said, Is the M60 work? And I, uh, he goes, yeah, go, you've got to be kidding me because it, it never worked. And then I come back this time, and it was working. So, so that I I would say that was probably my favourite. There's another one I really enjoyed shooting was a uh, a PPSH. Um, it's a submachine gun. Don't even know where it's made. It's it's a it's a great little machine gun thing. Um, and I'm lucky enough. Actually, the other day I bought a um, a, a copy of it, a, a 22 copy of that with a 50 shot barrel um, 22 mag. So I've now I got a semi-auto this 22 with the 50 shot barrel mag and they're really rare, so I've got one of those now, which is really cool as well. It's all submachine gun looking thing, but there. And I never thought I'd get one of those here in Australia, but I was lucky enough to find one, so it's um, so I'm happy about that as well. Yeah,
1: half. Your, I mean, half. You're lucky. You had a lot of luck going your way when you went over there with, you know, no. Obviously, you had a plan, but uh, you know, your plan, I guess, pulled off really. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, that's true, mate. And I I would have to say that you know, someone was looking after me for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a believer, in someone looks out for me all the time. And the way that all came together, it just was. I just think it was meant to be. It was really cool, and and it did it all without without it all happening the way it did. I wouldn't have had the the clip. Wouldn't have wouldn't have been what the clip was without all those things happening. And uh, no, we were really lucky. It was great.
1: Nah, fantastic. So um, tell us, yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, what's your favourite type of shooting? Do you like hunting? Do you more of a pistol guy, more of a rifle target fella, or what's your what's your favourite type of shooting, or you, or you just like guns, mate?
2: Well, um, I probably look, I I go through different phases where I like things in particular. I'm not I'm not huge huge on shotguns, um, but I do like sh- shooting pigs with shotguns so I don't mind them, like for hunting. I love deer hunting. Shooting with particular, I like shooting targets where I can actually see what I'm shooting. And I don't like them being too far away. Like yep. I, I like shooting, like, 40, 50 metres away with a pistol so I can see what I'm actually hitting. And I like swinging targets and stuff like that. I just, I just get a real kick out of just getting really good at, like, quick shots. And um, So I do, like, pistol shooting. I mean, I love rifle shooting. And, and like, semi-autos for me, even full autos, that sort of shooting is... Now I'm, I'm in October. I'm going back to the machine gun shooting Knob Creek in uh, Kentucky just to shoot machine guns again because I just love them so much. I mean, there's for me, I, but I love them all. Well, I, I like all guns, but I do love semi-autos <laughs> and full autos as well. Just just for the fun of them, and, and I mean, I like I like eradicating vermin um, like pigs with um, semi-autos. I think oh, it's, um,
1: it's gold, isn't a it? more
2: humane and and, and, a, and a and a way better way of like getting rid of pigs, especially with the numbers that are coming up now. Um, I think that's the best way to go and there should be more of that. And I'm hoping at some stage in the future that property owners will be able to get uh, their, like, um, D-class firearms again because there's a a major need for it, I think.
1: Yep, so... I mean, I've done a bit of hunting in America. I think... you know, you might have done some yourself, but I love going over there. But what's your what, what was your experience like, say, going over to America? You know, say, you know, what's, what's it like compared to Australia in regards to, you know, a few laws? And, and uh, what was it like going over to the uh, NRA Museum over in Washington? I saw one of your clips on YouTube as well.
2: Um, I mean, the NRA is really, really good to go to that sort of thing. Even the museum itself is, like, just mind-blowing. The, the, the amount of guns they've got on display there, I've never seen anything like it. It's just overwhelming, there's so much stuff there. And um when I was actually at the NRA, one of the guys had a collection upstairs of his own collection in his safe and he um pulls a whole lot of pistols. out happens one safe and it's just full of all different unusual guns he reckons, he tells me, he passes me this pistol. Has this pistol got any relevance? And he goes, Yeah, that's Jesse James's pistol and I'm like, Are You serious? So he's got this Jesse James pistol and then he pulls out another one and I go, What's this one? He goes, Well this is one that's got a certificate from Jesse James's mother saying it's Jesse James's pistol and I go well, is it? He goes, no, no, that one's not. There's about 50 of those that she sold. He, he he says, what she used to do after Jesse died, people would come around to her place like as a tourist thing, because like, Americans are like that, and I mean, all people like that. But anyway, they'd go around to her place, and she'd show 'em around the house where Jesse lived, his room, and all that sort of stuff. And then uh, right near the end, she. would we go, oh, but they'd ask, was there anything else? And she'd go, oh, there is this little thing. And she pulled pull this little pistol out, with a, wrapped in a cloth. You know, she had a particular way of doing it. And they'd go, is that Jessie's pistol? She'd go, oh, yeah, that's Jesse's pistol. And they'd go, can we buy it? And she'd go, oh, no, I couldn't sell it. And then she'd get some exuberant price for Jesse Gaines's pistol, but there was like 50 of them actually than the original. So she'd just sold it off. To
1: no, not bad. Not a bad. Not nice little scam going.
2: <laughs> yeah, great scam, <laughs> Yeah, it was great. But now nah, America in general, I mean, I I, I love the the, um, the whole situation over there with the guns. It's pretty cool. I mean, some of the I mean, on Australian standards, there's a lot of um, gun issues over there that are a problem. A lot of criminals get their hands on guns over there, so there is a major issue with that as well. And I don't know how they solve that problem, but I know there's um, because it's like if they. they fix one thing, then it destroys another. I mean, the whole gun fraternity over there is worried about if they tighten up trying to stop the criminals getting the guns and it takes away the rights of the, of the um, normal gun owners. So there's that whole conflict going on over there all the time of trying to find a balance between um, keeping the guns out of people's hands who shouldn't have them and people being able to get them with ease You because know, it's, it's part of their, in their culture, it's, it's their whole God-given right there they can have guns. So there is that issue that's like, it's very, like, it's a very touchy issue. And um, even with the NOA you go there, it's, it's all about keeping their rights and everything about, and, and their their whole freedom and their whole rights is tied up with guns. It's uh it's a really strong part of it. So that, that angle is a little bit different than we sort of, we perceive it here in Australia. I mean, there is a fair bit of that still tied up here, but not like it is there. And uh, one other thing I really liked about America with guns and hunting is, they have a lot of um they have a lot more game than we do uh there's a lot more animals obviously in America but they've got a a great there's just plenty of them i mean they they've got a, a a really well um enforced um hunting sort of thing going on where they've got to get permits and they all seem to buy by like no one very few people shoot out a season It's really frowned down upon but it's part of their culture it's all buy by the laws of the hunting laws to to keep all the animals flowing and keep all the animals like the number's high, and it seems to be working in so many different areas. And they reintroduce stuff, like at the moment they've reintroduced wolves into a whole lot of places, and now they're finding there's too many, so now they're going to put tags out on them. And there's some animals here in Australia, that, like kangaroos, for instance, you know, there's, there's probably, um, I think there should be some way of um, being able to hunt those, at different, like even if it's seasonal or tags or whatever, but it could be definitely sustained, the same as um, they do it in America. So... I think we could learn a bit from those with the staining of um, native animals. So it's, I like that about it as well. It's a, that's a good
1: thing. Yeah, and uh, I was speaking to Robert Borzak uh, a couple of weeks ago for one of our other podcasts. And you know, some hopefully so there's some bills before Parliament now that hopefully might allow you know some of our uh, duck seasons back in New South Wales, uh, some game reserves in New South Wales. So hopefully there's some. It'll be uh, good.
2: It'll be real good.
1: Yeah, so all right, we're getting into I guess we'll get into the into the laws of Australia. What do you think of the laws in Australia, and you know what positive changes do you think should be made to the gun laws, say either now or you know for the future of you know uh, the sport?
2: Um, I mean, I, I do think like it was ridiculous the way it happened, and the whole New jerk reaction to the the problem we had with the, with the um, Port Arthur thing and all that. And I just, well, I, there definitely needs to be some pulling back a lot of those laws and. Um, I mean, even my, me myself, I, I I read the laws myself, and I try and find ways not actually around them, but I try and figure out how to make the laws work for me. So I look at the laws and I try and figure out how to get the the things that I want to get. Or and I think most people can do that as well. There is um, within the law of most guns, and there is particular, particular licenses you can get. So I, I me myself, I just figure out how to get work with the laws that are here and make sure I keep within the law and try and do the best I can to to get everything I want to get out of the, the my whole the whole firearms industry. Um, but I do think there's a lot of stuff that needs to be changed. Um, I see it's extremely complicated that um, the firearms registry particularly goes out of their way to make it hard for firearms owners. And I don't understand why. Um, I even heard the other day that you cannot have a gun licence if you work in the firearms registry. It makes zero sense to me in the sense that... Because it, you know, that they, they perceive that it might be discriminated against... Um, well it sort of works in the other way they would be discriminated against gun owners but they don't want them to have a conflict of interest but why would you be in the gun shooting um, registry, firearms registry if you didn't have an interesting gun so things like that don't make any sense to me and I think a lot of that stuff that is just uh, ridiculous like like you can get a sea licence but then you can only shoot those guns on your land stuff like that is just ridiculous I mean a lot of that stuff needs to be changed. Um, like, even with the importing of firearms, you can get a D class license, but if you get a D class license for semi autos, it's, 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 it's another major effort to then go and buy a brand new gun and get it imported into the country. It's, you've got to prove that you're going like it's 80% of your income. I mean, if you need a firearm and you want a new firearm and you've got the license, there's, I don't get the issue. I don't see what they're trying to, who they're trying to protect or what they're trying to protect. It makes no sense to me. So I think a lot of those things, personally, I think a lot of that stuff needs to be looked at and changed and um, needs to be a loosening because um, there's a lot of people out there. I do see like property owners, for instance, could use a lot of that D-class stuff and it's just so difficult. So they're out shooting pigs with like Baldus and oxen 303s and lee rations and stuff when in actual fact, I mean, a lot of 40 pigs comes past them and they get one or two of them. And it's just constantly, t- I mean, they would spend half their time, especially now with the numbers of pigs that have come around and goats, and, um, and even when, when they're eradicating kangaroos, like you can get tags to shoot the roos, just the effort they've got to go to to sort of maintain the, the numbers they've got to get. It just takes days, even weeks, to do the, what they need to do. And I, I just believe if they had the the availability to these D-class weapons a lot easier, um, the job would be done quicker and they could get back to making a living and keeping the country more prosperous, you know. So I just think some of these laws are just just wrong you know they just they just got to be looked at and changed
1: yeah no exactly i know some farmers that i go to you know exactly if they got 40 pigs that come along and you're shooting two i mean they'd be spending three quarters their time hunting wouldn't they which is which is not bad in general but if you've got a business to run you know it can be quite not uh yeah i mean another
2: another thing that i think is a bit bit ridiculous i don't know if this will ever be changed but i do i do see that um that uh people not being able to hunt um with Ah, uh, pistols is is a ridiculous thing as well. Like I, I hear about these guys going out dogging, and um, they 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 just chase pigs with dogs and everything, and then uh, most of the time they got they got to cut their throats or or stab them or whatever to finish these pigs off. It's really hard to carry a rifle around. and, and um, I think it would be more humane if they were able to um, carry a pistol. It'd be a, a quicker kill. It'd be more humane on the animal. But instead they've got to do these got to use other other means which i I think is is ridiculous and even farmers riding around on their motorcycles it's it's sort of dangerous i have a motorcycle i have a, a um a rifle on my handlebars on my bike fairly regularly and also hanging on my back and it's just inconvenient you know it hits trees it's dangerous you fall off of the thing on your handlebars it would be just much more convenient to be able to carry a pistol on your side or even in a shoulder holster or something while you while you're going around the paddock and i think property owners should be allowed to do stuff like that, and like people who are hunting on these properties should be able to too I think it's just another one of those laws that's just I don't know why you know they they have their reasons you know they, they don't want people getting around with pistols to and from like properties to their homes and stuff. I just think stuff like that needs to be looked at as well
1: yeah, but I'm sure they could probably come up with you know same thing as I've got now secure secure locking you know separating ammunition i mean as we, I spoke to you before last week, I'm a c class target shooter for clay target yet. You know, I can use my semi-auto down at, say, the clay target range, but yet I want to go hunting, and all of a sudden it's uh, completely out of the question. So, yeah, go figure.
2: Yeah, well, I have the same problem uh, as a contract shooter. I can D-class, I can, I can shoot my um, contract shooting weapons on um, other people's farms, but I'm not a contract myself, so I can't shoot my own D-class weapons on my own land.
1: You go figure. Huh? it's a funny, It's a funny world, isn't it?
2: <laughs> stuff like that needs to be looked at, you know, it's just, um, I, I think that I think it's more in, you know? like,
1: as I said, a lot, people, a lot of people say it's common sense, I mean
2: It is common sense, I just find that sometimes these laws are written to make it harder for gun owners Not to make our life easier, it's just to make it, our life harder, you know, so it's sort of And a lot of people, when they made the, the the gun laws came in, they make it tougher They did eliminate a lot of people because people just don't want to go to the hassle, you know And it shouldn't be that way, it shouldn't be, a, shouldn't be an effort, that big of an effort
1: no, exactly. So going back to uh, I Like Guns, you took a bit of a uh, leap of faith, obviously, writing, you know, uh, an album about guns and that. Did you ever think you might draw some criticism in regards to the album?
2: Yeah, I thought i Actually, I did think I'd get a lot more than I did. I thought there'd be a lot of um, anti-gun people sort of um, jumping up and down. and But maybe I'm a little bit oblivious to it. Maybe I don't even hear it, but I don't know. But I, I think I got, criticism. I got a little bit of criticism from within the gun industry, um, more conservative gun owners well, you know, this is a bad reflection on gun ownership. But you know, not not even the album, more the video clip than the album as as a bad reflection. They were saying, but you know, we watch movies every day of gun ho people on on movies with guns, and and you know, see people jumping up and down saying that's bad on the gun industry because it's about it's about selling a product, it's about a story, it's about um, it's make believe, and and in essence, that's sort of what the video clip is about as well. Although I'm a real guy and. And I, I love guns and all that stuff. It's not like every day I go to the an RPG and buy a car up. And I'm making a video clip to get some attention to to have a good time, and it's entertainment value as well. So I don't really perceive that as being bad for the gun industry in the sense that if I take it too seriously, you know, it's not. I mean, it's not supposed to be taken too seriously. It's it's about a guy having a good time. You know, I just like guns, and if I can get my hands on them, I would just like to buy some cars up and shoot some stuff. You know, it's just. It's yeah, a bit exactly. tongue in cheek, it, but I mean, it is who I am, and, and, and it is what I love doing. I love just shooting guns, and I'll, I'll shoot anything, man. I just I just love shooting. So, um, but I did get a bit of criticism about it, and um, but not a lot. More probably from gun people than than anti-gun people, I'd say. Anti-gun people just didn't even know where to get start on. I think they just looked at them and me, and this guy's a nut, and just left it at that.
1: Yeah, so I was going to say, some people say to me, uh. You know, like, what, why do you shoot guns? I'm like, well, you know, people think there's some weird thing to it. Like, it's fun. It's like any sport, isn't it? It's like, you know, people want to go out and play soccer or football or, you know, whatever their hobby is. Yeah. You know, we've got this hobby and, you know, it's fun. I mean, we wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't fun. So what did your bandmates, the least, think, say, when you released I Like Guns? Were they supportive or were they not sure? Did they want to distance themselves from it?
2: No, not really. Um, family have always been pretty supportive of it. In fact, they helped write some of the songs on the album. On the first album, and even this next album I'm making now, they're sort of helping with that. But they and they played on the album, and um, they, even one of the video clips, "You Don't Like Guns," that was a uh, song I ended up putting on the Lee's album as well. Because a lot of the songs that are on the album are songs that the Lee's have been doing for years at pub gigs, you know. We've been, I'd say, six, five or six of those songs that are on the album we've been playing for the last five years at pubs, you know. So they all all, all knew my passion for guns. They they knew that I was not sort of back and coming forward about the whole issue. So they were supportive, but it was sort of a project I wanted to do for myself, because when the ladies usually do an album, most of the time it's the girls singing the songs, and so when I said, if I'm going to sort of do this album, it's probably just the the, the vibe of the album wasn't really going to suit the girls singing, and it's not like young girls singing songs about guns and everything, it was more the whole idea for me was for me to be singing them like a guy, it's a guy thing sort of thing, And although ladies love shooting guns as well, but it was the album particularly, I just thought my voice would suit most of the songs better, so... We just went with Steve Lee as a solo album, but so they were pretty supportive, and they still are, which is really, what I think is a great thing.
1: Ah, fantastic! Um, I was going to say, so you played me a bit of a uh, little taste of what your up- upcoming album is. Can you tell the listeners about what you got coming up in regards to any new music?
2: Well, my new my new album is probably going to be it's probably going to be um, a little bit more uh, forceful, I suppose, than the last album. Um, it's probably got a few more opinions on on the gun industry itself and and uh, the gun situation in Australia and in the world and in the states. um so i've got a, I've got a bit of variety of stuff on there, but a lot of the stuff I've written myself or it's stuff that I have particularly picked because i know I know more so now than my audience was, because when I made this this uh, CD before it was something I sort of did for myself and a few other sort of mates I do like some of the songs, but as time went on, from making that other album, I actually realised who what, what type of songs my audience was sort of wanting to hear, and um, it made it easier to make this album because it was an album that is probably more passionate to what I feel anyway. So I wanted to write the album from the heart, and so that the guns got uh, the, the album's got some of those sort of issues, but it's also got a bit of fun on there, a bit of hunting on there, and uh, just I mean, but it's still along the same lines as all I like guns, same same sort of vein, same style of music, but uh, just with a bit more. Um, a bit more of a message, I suppose, in more of the songs.
1: Yep. Can you uh, let it go now what the title of the new album is going to be? or?
2: Oh, well, yeah. my well, last album was called I Like Guns, as you know. So I, um, yep. I wrote, sat down and wrote a song. I decided to write a song called Everybody Likes Guns because I just actually believe that everybody does like guns. It's just they don't know they like them. So I wrote a song called Everybody Likes Guns. They just don't know it. And um, it's a pretty cool song, so that's going to be the title track of the album. But I don't know if it's going to be the strongest song, but it's a pretty cool song anyway, so it's going to be called Steve Lee, Everybody Likes Guns.
1: Oh, as I said, when you told me that last week, I was like, it just it just works, doesn't it? I was like, when I, when I heard yeah, it, you I I, couldn't pick yeah. anything different. You couldn't, yeah, it was just, a, just, it just, it just fit, didn't it? Yeah, I thought so, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right, we're getting back into um, a bit of the hunting. What's your, We were talking about game species before, so what's your... What do you like hunting, man? What's your favourite game species to hunt? What sort of hunting do you like?
2: Um, I sort of vary. I've done. I mean, I've done a fair bit. I've hunted overseas. I've hunted Africa a couple of times, and um, hunted the states a little bit. Um, but no, I haven't shot a lot of a lot of big game stuff. Um, mainly deer here in Australia, and um, a lot of the plain stuff in South Africa. Uh, but I think. I mean, I I really love hunting pigs, you know. I like eradicating pigs. I like going out west. I like the country. I mean, um, definitely an Aussie at heart, so I like getting out there along the the Darling Downs and along the um, Darling River around Burke and Bawarana. So probably my favourite hunting still is is shooting pigs. I just love shooting pigs. Um, I do, I mean, also in Australia, I I love fox whistling. Sitting up on a hill whistling the foxes up. I love doing that, always have. Um, I mean, I like all, I I probably don't have a particular favourite, but um it's probably what I'm more accessible to and probably deer hunting is lately has been more, probably one of the things I've been doing more than anything. Um, besides pig shooting of because that it's always just goes without saying. It. But um but yeah, I don't know, I suppose um just, just um just deer and that type of animal I like shooting as well.
1: No Absolutely Everyone that knows me Knows I love the old uh, Fox whistling You know, I'm, I get all decked out In the camo gear And you know It's just foxes something about Calling a fox in on a whistle You know fooling it in, into thinking You know there, There's some dead game It's fantastic
2: It is good I really enjoy foxes I really enjoy it It's a great sport Really good
1: No, It is So what about game meat Are you a bit of a game meat fan Or you don't really Interested in the game meat I'm meet?
2: not huge on game meat I do eat it a bit I mean I mean, I, I like deer uh, I particularly like chittle deer Here in Australia I've, I've tried fallow And um Samba And um I definitely eat rabbits. I mean, I eat rabbits all, all the time. As often as I can get rabbits, I'll eat them. I like shooting, uh, shooting and eating rabbits. Um, I'm not real big on kangaroo, although I do eat it, but it's not probably up there with the best of my favourite sort of game mix. Um, other than that,
1: yeah. So you just like uh, a good bit of steak, then, everything... yeah, I said you just like a good bit of steak, then, eh, or...?
2: Oh yeah, mate, I'm, I'm, I don't mind a bit of cattle, I can't help myself, a bit of cows is good for me, but, but <laughs> in South Africa, one thing I loved over there was everything that, that we shot was used, and they, uh, they dry the meat, what's it called when they dry that meat in South Africa? Um, oh,
1: I'm not sure, mate.
2: forget the word they call for it, but anyway, that dried out meat that they have over there is, is
1: really Oh, you nice. mean what, beef, like irky, beef jerky, like turkey?
2: Well, it is like jerky, but they've got another name for it, South African's called something else. And they don't cook it or anything. It's just raw, and they just dry it raw. It's just really nice. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'll eat any game meat, but it's just got to be prepared right, and uh, it's got to be at the right time.
1: Yeah, I think I've got another guy coming on, hopefully, on a podcast in a couple of weeks that's going to do a bit of a, uh, you know, going to talk to me about game meats, how to cook it and stuff like that, and more we'll try and concentrate on, you know, pushing forward of game meat in the country. Because other countries take on... You know, it's a big part of their diet. They, you know, they, they like probably like South Africa. They take everything. So
2: everything, mate. Yeah, I know. And I have noticed here in Australia that it's not. I don't know why, but it's not. Hasn't been culturally. I think we're spoiled. Like uh, when it comes to food, Australians get, we got great food, and um, so we haven't really needed to like use a lot of our. There's a lot of waste that goes on. I mean, and the government's probably a little bit accountable for that too. Like that um, with um, shooting kangaroos with the uh, let them lie tags. Actually illegal to take any of that meat from those roos that you Shoot, which seems ridiculous to me. So the government needs to change. That's another one of those ridiculous laws where you're allowed to shoot a kangaroo um, on farms with, on, on with tags, uh, but you have to leave it there and you can't use the skin or anything. So I think this uh, the shooters' party may have been looking at trying to change that as well. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Another another law where common sense doesn't prevail sometimes, I guess. But uh, tell us. Uh, Give us a rundown. What's in the Steve Lee gun safe? Uh, how many guns you got, and what's uh, and what's some of your what's one of your favourites that you own?
2: Mate, I've got a few there. Um, I've got a few favourites. Um, probably my all time favourite would probably be, be my. Uh, I got this double barrel shotgun with a bit of tape, tape taped around. It's on my video clip there. It's yeah, I saw that. Had one. it
1: for years. Yeah, it's just a piece of
2: rubbish. It, 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 it's not really a really piece of rubbish. It's just it's got a lot of character. That's all. But it's um, I've shot, <laughs> shot pictures of it heaps of times and. But it's... it's I lent it to a guy. Last time I lent it to a guy, we went out, he had it strapped over his um side on on the mark. And the strap was a bit long, so it rattled on the exhaust all the way. So now it looks like like, like it's all got all these marks in the stock. Like it's just got, like, probably 150 wood chips in, in, in the stock. So I lent it to this guy, and it comes back to look like that. And I'm like, mate, take it under me gun. But it just adds a little bit more character to it. I don't care. But so whatever.
1: That's all right. But you can just, you um, can just buy so a new one. I, yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: <laughs> Yeah, I mean that, that I do like that. I I suppose um, my mini fourteen. I'm pretty pretty. Uh, I really like the mini fourteen. It's a great little gun. I um, three five seven is obviously special to me because my wife bought it and I love the three five seven. It's got a it's a really nice little handgun. So I don't mind that. Um, other than that oh thirty thirty of course because it's one of the main guns I've used over the years for pig shooting. Now I've, I'll use semi autos these days, but I um that the um thirty thirty was um. Probably one of my favourite guns for years, and I still use it. I still take it out and use it when I'm just walking around by myself. But um, so my Winchester 3030, looking all of our shotgun, a 357, and the Mini 14. Yeah, they all like, I like all of them. I mean, but I, I, mean, I have got the Mazda guns, but they're probably four of my favourites.
1: No, exactly. So, you, you, Steve, you just basically ruined my next question, which was supposed to be funny, but now you've killed it. <laughs> well, yeah, was the 350? Try it present, anyway,
2: and I'll make it funny. Your wife. Tell me, what is, is my 350 really a present from my wife?
1: Yeah, you killed me now. You, you have question? I had that set up for about, you know, like the last 50 minutes, and then you just killed it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry, but, mate. Yeah, no, no, it was definitely... But I'll tell you something else. She doesn't just... She doesn't just that wasn't the only gun she bought me, actually. My last uh birthday this year she just bought me a um uh, a super X three, I think it's called.
1: Yeah, the Winchester X uh, yeah, semi just like a,
2: Um Shocker. I mean, she's a legend, I tell you. So yeah, for my birthday she just pulled that out and said, Here you go and I think like, kidding me. And uh, and before the the my bash bought me a yeah. um stainless uh 10.22, which is a great gun. I'll tell you, when I was about 23, 24, came home one day, I was out working, and it was, I struggled back then to get the job. We didn't have much money either. Me and Tracy didn't have much money. And, and I come home one day, she goes, oh, a guy came around and they want not know if you want to buy a gun off of him. I said, oh, really? She goes, oh, it's like 250 bucks. I go, what was it? She goes, oh, I'm not sure what it's called, but I bought it for you anyway. And I walk in here, It's on the kitchen table, It's an SKK with like three magazines, and... All the, all the bells and whistles but that was so I just remember her buying that for me plus a oh, whole she always buys me stuff but that that particular gun always stuck in my mind so yeah the 357 though that's, um, that sort of replaced the uh, 1022 once the 1022 I had to sell that with a buyback she said oh, I'm going to buy another one and replace it with the 357
1: mate yeah you want to hold on to her sounds like a good catch for sure
2: <laughs> yes you're not bad
1: exactly so <laughs> so what do you do if you're shooting steve Are you just more of a fun you just like hunting and shooting or you're a bit of a competition guy you know a bit of a competitive streak or just just for fun
2: yeah i'm probably my eyesight's going a bit too so i don't i'm not real competitive when it comes to shooting i'm, I'm i can shoot i'm not a bad shot but i'm not a great shot you know i'm not These guy's leave me for dead all the time you know and I, I mean i i I just like hanging out shooting with other guys that like like guns and like shooting as well. But, like, I'm never going to be up there with any great shooter. I can shoot, and I can hunt pretty well. Like, I'm a good hunter. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm competition-wise, no. I can't even, like, clay targets I mean I've never been good at shooting clay targets. I don't know why. I just can't seem to hit them. So I just sort of, I don't know, just not, not that great at it. But, exactly.
1: Well, if, if you want, uh, yeah, I'm I, happy for you to give the Super, Winchester Super X3 to me because you're probably not going to need it now. <laughs>
2: yeah I'm tempted but no <laughs> <laughs> No,
1: nah, that's alright or oh, tell us to sort of you know to, to, to finish off a little bit tell us you know, a story or two just something that stands out you know maybe a personal accomplishment a hunting story just anything mate just, just yeah tell us a bit of a story something that'll make us laugh or whatever you want
2: oh, whatever. I'll tell you one thing that I thought was pretty funny it's not really a gun story about me but it was about a guy when I was in um, America last a guy um, he's a pretty big guy and I'm working on the same stall as him and uh I was talking to him about different things, and about guns and everything, and uh, he, I can't do the American accent, but I'm going to try anyway. He says to me, I said, So, I don't want to give his name, but anyway, I said, So, 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 so Wolfie, what, what goes on with. Um, you've never had to shoot anyone or anything, have you? He goes, Oh, yeah, there's this one time. He goes, I was at a bar, and this guy <laughs> came in. I went to the, went to the public toilets, and uh, as I was in there, I was just, just having a link. And you got to remember, this guy's from the South, right? So he's from the South, and they got, they're pretty opinionated, and they've got their ideas on things. Anyway, okay, so I'm at the trough, and this guy walks in, and he was a sort of a young-looking boy, but looked like one of those punk-looking guys with the funny hair, the hair up. And my son's got a mohawk. Well, he we had a mohawk for a while, so I'm thinking, oh, he doesn't want to see my son. Then. Anyway, so he walks <laughs> in, and I'm just standing there holding me, old fellow, he turns to me and goes, would you like a hand with that? And so I quickly took my pistol out and shot him in the stomach. I go, you what? He goes, well, he was, he was a homo. I go, what? I get in trouble. He goes, no, what he did I called the cuss and said he wanted to touch me. you got to be kidding me. So I don't know if he shot him with like a uh, a um, short twenty-two or a, he didn't kill the guy or anything. I don't know how far it went into his stomach or what he had in his gun. It must have been a 22 i I'd say, but he didn't kill him or anything, but he just shot him in the stomach because he asked him, would he like a ham with his old fella. <laughs> I think was a funny sort of gun story, that's also, So it's not really my story, but it was one story that sort of shocked me when I was in America.
1: Nah, that's <laughs> all right. Uh, good story. I like that one. Uh, so, uh, t- <laughs> did you uh, tell us uh, anything you want to plug? So, you know, anything about your website? You know, what if people want to, you know, come down to your sort of, your, you know, your paintball range or buy your albums or even when's your new album coming out? Just give us a bit of a final plug before we go how they can get in contact with Steve Lee and purchase your products.
2: Yeah, no, well, I mean you can go to my um, my uh, website's just uh, ilikeguns.com.au. You can go there anytime you like. Or the Parks Paintball one is another website you can go to, just parkspaintball.com.au if you want to come over and play paintball. But I, um, I, I mean, you get the album on there. Oh, the DVD's been selling really good lately, so if you want the uh, the making of i like guns, if you're interested in that, just can grab that DVD. Um, but I do have a new album coming out. It Should be out, I reckon, around October before I go to America for the Knob Creek shoot. I'll probably bring the album out then, and then. Um, get a few video clips, while I'm over there and put them on, onto YouTube when I get back. But um, So that should be available around, yeah, around October-ish. And um yeah, so can just go to the website there.
1: So Steve, before we go, just tell the listeners, I think uh, you were over in Tennessee on your last trip to America and you met up with uh, Hickok 45 from YouTube, who I've been watching for a while, and you actually made a uh, small little just sort of homemade film clip with uh, a song that you wrote. So as far as I'm aware, just tell the listeners, you are going back to um, I guess Hickrock 45 compound, so to speak. And uh, you're going to are you going to film that uh, uh, film clip for that for that song that you made up?
2: That's right, yeah. So what we've done, I've, I've taken. That's going to be one of the songs on the new album. So I'm going to um, it's just going to be called Life Is Good because that's his cliche saying. But I um, what, yeah, we're going back to 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 film that. I don't know whether Rachel will be with me, but I will just go back and do it. Well, I'm going to do it on on Hickok's Range and. um but if you've seen the song, the song's worth watching, but I'm still getting Big John, which is his son. He's still playing lead guitar in it for me, which is great. But we've got... The leads are actually doing doing the whole band. For like, Joe's on the drums, Tracy's doing the bass. In the next couple of days, she's just recording the bass and stuff like that. And uh, Ray's still doing the vocals and everything for me, the, the um, harmony. But, yeah, we're going back there. I'm going to do a, so I am going to do a video clip for that particular song, and possibly I'm probably going to do another few, uh, three or two or three more. In the States, I'm going over there and do one at the Knob Creek Machine Gun Shoot. Hopefully do one at the NRA. I haven't talked to them guys about it yet, so i got to sort of clear all that. I'll make sure they're cool with it. And um, then I'm going to probably do another one at my mate's place, Wolfie. So I'm, I'll be heading over there uh, in October. It should be good.
1: Nah, man, fantastic. I can't wait to, uh, you know, see what the new film clips come out like. So, uh, you know, I can't wait for the new album, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. You know, we've had a lot of listeners recently, so... You know, hopefully they get a lot of the information you've given. They enjoy this podcast. And, yeah, thanks for coming on the show, man. I'm glad we were able to do it. And uh, make sure you stay having fun in that leisurable lifestyle you've got there. Yeah, I
2: will, mate. Thank you very much, and Thanks for having me on. It's good.
1: No worries, mate. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it.
2: Thanks, guys. See you, mate.
0: You're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast. Brought to you by AussieUsedGuns.com.au the premier classifieds of new and used firearm sales. Thanks for listening. See you next time.